When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's time. It's time. Time to get in the zone. Time to get in the zone. With the 49ers web zone. This is the No Huddle Podcast with Al, Zane, and Brian. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Odyssey's 49ers web zone, No Huddle Podcast. I am Brian Rennick. I am joined by the great Al Sacco. Zane Nakvi is on assignment. But hey, I was on assignment last week. You guys held it down. I'm back. I don't have, I don't have the championship to bring back. I don't have a trophy to show. Uh, we did not, we did not win that game on Thursday. Uh, but it was a good end of the season. And now, yesterday, it was our first All Star practice. And so, the softball just never ends in this home. Uh, Al, I know that the uh, the the water is cold at your home right now. But other than that, how are things going? You know, it's it's just crazy as usual in my life. But Brian, we talked, the listeners knew, we talked last show, like Brian is in the middle of an intense 8U tournament right now. That's the right. coaching failed. Frankly, the coaching failed the girls. They yeah, they did luckily, not. I, the I, was did, the, I was the assistant. <laughs> did, but did, did, like, did you guys own up to it? You know, you bring them to the outfield and you talk after you guys like, listen, it's a, it was on us. Yeah, it was like we (laughs) we put you guys in in positions to fail, and that's on us. That's on us. You've Uh, ruined you've ruined the next ten plus years for these girls with what you. Well, hopefully not. Hopefully not, because some of them are on my All Star team now. So uh, this one, the buck stops with me on this team. I am the head coach of this team, and uh, so we'll I'll I'll keep the updater. I'll keep the listeners updated. We've got uh, three tournaments this summer: uh, the third and fourth of June, the tenth and eleventh of June, and then. the third, the third tournament I won't be at because my oldest daughter uh, will be singing down at Disneyland, and so we'll be missing that tournament. But uh, she's gonna sing I, down there, you said? Yeah, she's a part of a like a singing group, and uh, they got invited to perform down there uh, the weekend of the twenty. So June twenty fifth is a Sunday. That's when she's performing. Um, so that's awesome. I know, man. Look, at, look yeah. at you. Look at the Red X. Look at the Red X right now. Know, big, big stuff, buddy. Big things popping over here, but uh, That's awesome. That's I, I know cool. that the uh, I know that the listeners are are uh, will be patiently awaiting the results of these tournaments, and and I will not disappoint. <laughs> All right, Brian. So we had some some finally some actual on field stuff happened. We're recording on a Tuesday. OTA started up, and yes. obviously, what everyone wanted to see when they hit the field today was what does Zane Gonzalez look like now? What 100%. what what? What does Trey Lance look like? What's going on with the, with this QB with this QB? I guess the QB two competition. Something that stuck out to me going into this that I was really Jeff Christensen was on our show in 2017 after they traded for Jimmy Garoppolo. He came on and we talked to him about Jimmy, and I remember him telling us at the time we asked him, "Can Jimmy come in and be successful right away?" And he said, "I don't see why not." And he went through what he did with them and what he thought of Garoppolo, and he he really knows what he's doing now. Mm-hmm. Matt Barrows wrote an article because Trey Lance has also been working with yes. Jeff Christensen now. And Christensen said that it usually takes him a day to diagnose what's going on in the quarterback's delivery, what's wrong. Right. 
And then he can break down and fix it. And he actually told us the first thing he does with the quarterback when he starts to work with them is they just play catch. That's the first thing he said from a high school kid to whatever. When I start working with the quarterback, the first thing we do is just sit and play catch. So he really, you know, breaks them down from just the first step. And he said with Lance, it took him four days to yeah. figure out what was wrong yep. with his delivery. But he said once he diagnosed it and they started looking at it, he said his spin, his accuracy, they all improved. His delivery was shorter. Um, and it had helped with his arm soreness, which he, we know he had issues with last year and he right. didn't, he hasn't had it so far this time around. So I was really interested to see in camp what he was going to look like. And we finally got to see some videos today. And sure enough, his face looks better. His yeah. front leg isn't going as far out. His, his delivery looks quicker and more compact. So you could see there's definitely a difference. Uh, we'll see how that translates when the season starts, but whatever work he did in the off season with Christensen or whoever else, you know, he's throwing Mahomes just, this offseason. Mm -hmm. So the work that he's done looks like it's translated at least mechanically right now. Yeah, it definitely did. You know, it, it I I saw that article, that Barrows article, which was great, by the way. I love I love Matt Barrows. I love his work. We've had him he on does a great job. Uh, uh fairly recently and would love to get him on again, especially in the offseason when things get a little a little uh content dry, if you will. Uh we've got we've got some ideas and some plans that'll be coming in the summer, but uh here was the interesting thing that I thought was you can always, always find somebody that's going to try and gas up, you know, a player. And I saw that article and I, I was, I was very uh, not only intrigued, but encouraged by it to hear, look, this guy who is well-respected within the industry. Uh, he works with Patrick Mahomes and has since Mahomes came in the league. Uh, in fact, in the article Barrows, got a quote from Christensen saying Patrick Mahomes thinks the world of Trey Lance. And, you know, I, I ended up, uh, I ended up quote tweeting the link to Barrow's article. And I also took a screenshot of one section that I thought was very interesting, which was uh, <clears throat> that section on taking, taking four days to diagnose, but that once he did, you know, he kind of hit the ground running. And then he also said that basically, kind of the sky's the limit for this kid. That's what Christensen mm. said, especially with Kyle Shanahan. He said he kind of views Kyle Shanahan like Andy Reid in terms of a player and that marriage of Mahomes and Reid, he sees very similar, you know, similar things can happen in that marriage with Lance and Shanahan. And so that was encouraging. And then obviously, you know, people come in and they're like, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. Like you can't, can't believe him because like, obviously he's going to say that. And it's like, well, but he's not like, he has no, reason to say some of the things that he did you know Trey Lance obviously paid him and so there's a little bit of that but some of the stuff that he said about you know about marriage of of Shanahan and Lance and things like that he didn't have to say those things you know mm -hmm. he also didn't even have to talk to Matt Barrows Matt could have called him and be like yeah I don't really want to talk to you about it especially if things weren't good right because he's putting his name right. on it he's putting his name on Trey Lance's mechanical it's changes. His, it's, his, it's his product at this, at this right essentially yeah right yep. so Again, if it wasn't good, then when called, he could have been like, you know, piss off, Matt. Like, no, I don't want to talk to you. And so, you know, there is that aspect of it. But Lance hit the field today and you could see it. You really could. And mm. I, to me, the biggest, the biggest change, like you said, his front, his front leg is not as far uh, in front of him. But bigger than that, to me, he did not from all the videos that were posted. Now, obviously. We don't have everything. 
he didn't drop the ball below his waist, which was a huge, huge problem for him, right? Mm -hmm. Because it elongates his delivery and it makes the ball come out slower. He never once dropped that hand below his waist. He kept him high and the ball came out quicker than I'd have ever seen it come out of Trey Lance's hand before. It was awesome to see. And I saw multiple videos. There's videos of him dropping back and and it and and throwing. There's also videos of him doing one of Shanahan's favorite drills where you get the pad on the ground and both feet on either side and you're shuffling back and forth along yep. the along the pad and he's throwing passes off to his right, passes off to his left. Again, never drop that hand below the waist. And so to me, that's huge. I think that's incredible because that will help with the time accuracy issues that he has. Now, on the flip side, mechanical changes are great and they're easy to work on and they're easy to when the bullets aren't flying. But the real test is when the bullets are flying, does he revert back to mm-hmm. what he's always been or what he's always known? And I kept thinking about that. And then I kind of had what I consider like uh, an own my own personal epiphany hasn't really played enough quarterback to develop bad habits that he can't get rid of. You know, some of these guys, if their mechanical flaws are there, they're probably there forever because they've played quarterback for the majority of their life. And they played seven on seven and they went to elite 11 and they, you know, they started 40 games in college, right? Like all of that is ingrained. Lance hasn't had that. That's part of the issue. Right. Mm -hmm. But in the end, it, to me, it's almost like I I do believe that Lance could change his mechanics and keep them there because he doesn't have a lot of like, this is how I've always done it to fall back on. So, you know, do we know for sure? Absolutely not. But think encouraging and that's exciting. And uh, some people have said, well, why is he going to a QB coach? for this why haven't the Niners been able to fix him and and it's not uncommon for quarterbacks to have QB coaches Josh Allen credits Jordan Palmer he works with Jordan Palmer in the offseason Jordan Palmer hit a lot to do with Josh Allen so who gives a shit if it's a QB coach or the QB coach on the team or a private one or whatever as long as these guys are getting fixed I guess that that, that's the big thing so I'm not gonna gonna knock the Niners for what hasn't happened with his motion in the past couple years because other other QBs go out and have their own guys it's it happens all the time. So and um, they don't have time to do that during the season. They don't have time right. to work on that stuff. You know, and they don't uh, have the off season like they used to anymore. Right. They don't have, they don't, have time, they don't get right. to work with them. So, so yeah. yeah, Brian Greasy is not Brian Greasy's not the QB coach because Danick's expert. He's a QB coach because he knows how to translate Kyle Shanahan's offense mm-hmm. to his quarterbacks. Like that's what his role is. It's not to fix mechanical issues. That's what throwing coaches do in the offseason. So I don't think it has anything to do with the 49ers. No. So it's a great step. Let's see what happens with it. And and looking at at what happened on the actual field today. So Lance has taken the first team reps the past two days, but Kyle Shanahan said that that will even out. He expects Darnold to get first team reps as practices progress. This is a true, at least it seems to me, to be a true QB competition for at least QB2. They've said they're committed to Brock Purdy. It's Purdy's job to lose. If Purdy comes back and doesn't look healthy or doesn't look like himself, it could turn into a true QB competition overall. 
But right now it's, it's, it's a QB2 competition. So don't go crazy with what you see on Twitter or read one day. Oh, Lance took all the reps. He's QB1. This, this is going to play itself out throughout the summer. Now, yeah. in terms of the stats, and listen, OTAs, I, everybody looks good at OTAs. But just people are interested in this stuff. And I'll go with our buddy Cam Inman because everybody has different numbers from what they look at. Uh, but Cam said from the seven-on-seven seven drills, Lance was 11 of 15. Uh, Darnold 12 of 16. He underthrew uh, Danny Gray on a 35 yarder that was broken up by Luter, who seems to look good. For, Luter seems to look good from what I've heard from people. Uh, Allen was four of four. I also saw him seven of seven in some places. And Cam said nothing sensational, mostly shorter throws. So again, there's not much you could take out of this right now. They're basically playing against air. They don't have this pass or pass rush coming after him, like you said. It's it's, but it's just good to see Lance on there, looking good. His mechanics look good. Uh, he didn't look – he looked like he came back well from the injury. He was moving well with his feet. His base looked good. So those are the things you want to see right now. Yeah. I mean, you can't you can't get better news than, than what that was, right? Like, you're not going to get news that's going to alter the, the course of the season or anything during OTAs outside of, obviously, a devastating injury and, and knock on wood um, mm. behind me here. Knock on knock wood. On. Uh, that, that, that doesn't happen, but, uh, yeah. And, and really what you're looking for is how does Lance look physically? Because again, he's coming back from a fairly devastating injury. Mm -hmm. And so he looks incredible. You know, he looks like he's in incredible shape. His, he was not moving gingerly from anything that, that has been posted, uh, recently he's taken full dropbacks, all of those things, right? It was a, it was the right ankle that he broke. That's his, that's his, uh, you know, that's his rear leg on his drop. And that's the, where all the weight goes at the, at the top of the drop. And he wasn't, he looked fine. That's huge. And that's, that's really all that you can expect right now. And, and again, for anybody listening, like buckle in, take a breath, do whatever you need to do. This is not going to end until the season starts in terms of what this mm -hmm. quarterback competition looks like. Please don't lose your mind reading into the tea leaves uh, of OTAs and and training camp and anything like that, right? Because you're going to drive yourself nuts. Um, this is going to play out. Kyle Shanahan's going to let it play out. And like you said, depending upon how Brock looks as he throws, this could end up being a competition between, between the three of them. But ultimately, you know, it is it is Purdy's job to lose. And and Lance even said that, you know, Matt Mayoko asked him a question after OTAs today about uh, Lynch and Shanahan's comments in March about basically Brock Purdy being the leader in the clubhouse. And Lance said the same thing that he said back in March when 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 it came out. And that was Brock absolutely deserves to to have that to have that designation. You can't take anything away from what he did last season. And the only thing that Lance, the only expectation that he has is Lance said, the only expectation he has is to uh, get an opportunity to compete. And that's what he's going to do. And, you know, kudos to kudos to Lance, right? It's year three. You're not getting handed anything. And if you can't beat out Sam Darnold, then, then, then you got bigger issues, right? So, mm -hmm. Hey, may the best man win. And I absolutely hope that is Trey Lance. And and I think it will be. And Purdy also met with the media and said he plans to resume throwing next week, which is huge news. Yeah. Absolutely huge. He's right, he's right on target. To, if, if all goes well and he continues to progress, he's on target to, to maybe be ready for the beginning of the season. 
which would which would be just gigantic for this team. And it is. It's breaking down to be a really fun summer, man, just seeing the three of these guys go sure. at it. Because Purdy is the leader in the clubhouse, and I'll tell you why he deserves to be in a second. But we know how physically gifted Lance is. I still yes. think Darnold is the third horse in the race, even though how much they like him. Mm-hmm. But Lance, there's no reason he can't shoot over everyone if, no, if he's fixed none. accuracy issues. None. Yeah. So it's going to be really fun to see this play out. It's, I, I mean, do I wish there was a Josh Allen there or a Joe Burrow or Patrick Mahomes where we're just like, buckle up, we got our elite guy and we're good to go? Yeah. Right. But it's the 49ers. We don't have it's to never talk about it. <laughs> never going to happen. It hasn't been that way in a really long time. So yeah. anyway, I was looking at Purdy Sucks. You know me, I don't go a ton on the Twitter timeline and care that much what people say or social media. I don't really get into it, but I did see some stuff about Purdy going back and forth, some articles and just some, I guess it was a hot topic. Is he a dink, a dink and dunker? All sure. this other stuff about Purdy. Is he the long-term answer? And it's the offseason. We're going to find ways to pick holes with things. But it's a little bit ridiculous to me when you look at what the product was on the field when he came in. We're not talking about an a eight-year veteran. Geno Smith, where you could say, we've seen this guy. Maybe it was just a flash in the pan. Purdy was a rookie, and he was doing what he did last year. And odds are he's just going to get better. Odds are, if he's healthy and with Kyle Shanahan. I want to throw some numbers out at everyone. Purdy in the game, so I don't count the game he came in in relief. I don't count the, the NFC Championship when he, he only threw four passes. The games that he played the full game, and I do count the Miami game because he played all but one series. He had eight full games that he played. He was 147 for 220 in those games, 66.8%. He threw for 1,854 yards, 16 touchdowns, and three interceptions. Now, if you go to a 17-game average with that, it's 66.8%, obviously, with completions. That would be the same. Mm-hmm. He would throw for 3,939 yards, which would be the seventh most in 49ers history. And I know there's an extra game, but even if you go to 16 games, it would still be the ninth most in 49ers history if, if, if you take his per-game average and subtract sure. it from that number. He would throw for 34 TDs, which would be uh, the third best in 49ers history. And again, even if you take that one game out, I think it's the fourth best in 49ers history. He's still right up there. Um, and his interception percentage, second best in 49ers history of quarterbacks who threw at least 400 attempts. The only one who had a better one was Alex Smith. And I don't want to hear about almost interceptions because Jimmy Garoppolo almost threw 40 almost interceptions. And every quarterback almost throws interceptions. It happens in every game. They're, they didn't happen. They're not interceptions. So he, he's taking care of the ball for the most part. Then when you go even deeper into it, well, okay, his stats are great. What does that mean for the team? Well, they scored 32.5 points per game in those eight games. Yep. That's the best stretch since they had Steve Young. Mm-hmm. Since they had Steve Young. The Niners had scored 40 points, or I'm sorry, 30 points or more. I mean, it was seven times in the last 20 games or something, something along those lines. They did it six, six in the last eight games they did it. I'm sorry, four in the last 20 games they had, they had scored. Before Purdy started to play, they had scored 30 or more four in the last 20 games. With Purdy, they did six of eight. They're just killing it on offense. And then again, the game that I still think impressed me the most with him, actually I'll go to both playoff games. He did not play well in the first half against Seattle. He, he came out in the second half and blew the doors off. Yeah, He was not phased. And then do I, do I think he played super well against the Cowboys? I don't. But that was a that was one of those grinded out difficult games. Prescott was bad because of the defense. The Niners' offensive line was getting whooped those first three quarters. Purdy had mm-hmm. people in his face those first three quarters. Mm-hmm. Did he almost throw a pick or two? Sure, but he didn't, and he made big clutch throws in that game. And I point to the end of the game when it was third and short twice when Kyle Shannon put the ball in his hands, yep. and he came through to convert third downs. That shows guts. That shows moxie. That shows that he's got a short memory. So when you see all those things and you put it together. How can you not be excited for this kid's future? 
how can he not be the leader in the clubhouse? And I love Trey Lance. I, I think Trey Lance has the ability to be terrific. It's a good problem to have. But how do you see everything that's happened in nitpicking in the game? Are we just that bored that we're going to nitpick his game? Enjoy what you saw. Think what could happen in the future if this continues as he gets to know Shanahan's offense and he gets first team reps and he has a full offseason and all these things. We end up having, I don't, I'm not saying he's going to be Patrick Mahomes, but there's no reason playing like that with those numbers. If he has a full season like that, you're talking he's a top 10 QB. He's not elite. He's not in the five, six, seven range where we would call the Burroughs and the Allens and the Mahomes. But he can be in that next tier if he has a season like that and he continues. So just enjoy it, man. Why are we nitpicking this kid? Enjoy, enjoy what we saw and what we have. Yeah. You know, I, I think the nitpicking comes from, again, a fan base that has been desperate for a franchise quarterback since Steve Young retired. Right. And, you know, it's, it's a fan base that was spoiled with two of the 10 greatest quarterbacks of all time back to back, right. Montana mm-hmm. and young. And you look at the league now and you see it as a, 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 a league built on the pass game and you think, all right, well, we need a guy that's going to, that's going to run our pass game. And, you know, like you said, Purdy doesn't have elite traits really anywhere. I mean, his elite traits are, are between the ears. And, and I mean, that's one of the most important aspects of playing the position. So we can't, we can't diminish that, but at the same time, it's also hard to measure. Right. And so you just look at the physical tools, the physical skill set, and you think to yourself, there hasn't been that many in the NFL that have been consistently elite or or consistently, you know, tier two uh, at that size, you know, outside of a Drew Brees, outside mm-hmm. of really that's it, right? Because Purdy's about six foot. I mean, maybe six one. I think they list him at six two. I don't think there's a chance in hell he's six two. Um, and does he have an elite arm? No. But was there any throw that we saw in in his time in this offense that we thought he couldn't make that throw or he tried to make the throw and we're like, oh, man, he just didn't have the arm. In fact, there are a couple of throws where I was like, oh, okay, right. Like he got, you know, like a like a 10 yard out with some zip on it. And you're like, okay, that's a hard throw to make. Yeah. And And he made it. Now, the worry is his arm strength was was one of the largest questions on him coming into the draft. And now he's coming back from a from injury like obviously that's, that's the a concern i think kyle shanahan with brock purdy is tier one brock purdy is not right and if you drop brock purdy onto name any other team the question is does he still does he still look like he does with the 49ers and then the and then the other question that we can't really answer is is Brock Purdy a product of being surrounded by elite playmakers? Because I think, I think what people, I think what people get hung up on is under knowing or, or just thinking about, man, like quarterback contracts are really, really expensive. And Mm -hmm. once you have to pay your quarterback, unless that quarterback is Patrick Mahomes or Josh Allen or Joe Burrow, or Lamar Jackson, well, we'll see, right? They're not going to elevate the players around them enough because you're not going to be able to surround them with the type of elite talent that they're able to surround Brock Purdy with right now. Yeah, you get Purdy has, Yeah, and so I think it's just a fear of if we crown this guy, 
and McCaffrey leaves and Kittle leaves and Debo leaves and right. Like, is he good enough to carry a team? Does he have the skill set to carry a team? Because eventually you're going to get to the point where your quarterback has to carry you. And can Brock Purdy do that? I don't have an answer. I'm not going to say yes or no, because mm-hmm. I have no idea. But I think that is why people are hesitant to just hop on board full throat, like, let's go. Brock Purdy is the guy. And that's why I think people are still like, we really need to see what Trey Lance is. Because even Kyle Shanahan said, I want a guy that can make me right when I'm wrong. Meaning, like, if I put a play call in and that play call, like, for the situation was sucky, but my quarterback is Patrick Mahomes, he can get me out of it either a by by recognizing and audibling or b just by using the insane gifts and talents that he has to just pull something out of his ass and get out of it. Trey Lance has that kind of skill set. Mm-hmm. Brock Purdy has some escapability, but outside of that doesn't necessarily have that skill set. Now there's been some plays, you know, I think of that play against was it the Commanders where like he scrambles out to his left and then scrambles back to his right and like cuts back left and then cuts back right again and makes a throw. I can't remember exactly who it was. Was, was it the one I, I dropped in the end zone? Is that the one you're thinking of? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Incredible play, right? Like yeah. I don't know how many people can make that play. I don't know that Trey Lance can make that play. Mm-hmm. He made that play. So, so there is, there is that playmaking ability in there, but you know, when it's the fourth quarter of the Super Bowl. And you need to hit Emmanuel Sanders on a, you know, on a seam route. Mm-hmm. Can he do it? Does, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't. And Brock Purdy, Brock Purdy is an upgraded version of Jimmy Garoppolo. Is he upgraded enough? I don't know. But that doesn't mean that you cannot give him his flowers for what he did last year because it was incredible. And we can't lose sight of that. Yeah. And if he's a system quarterback, so be it. If he's with Kyle Shanahan for the next 10 years and he plays like this in his system because he's system quarterback, I'll sign up for that. Certainly. And, and regardless of, of you know his arm strength or, or the deep ball, like you said, his intermediate throws to me look great, look fine. He's got zip on those throws. We'll see as the years progress if, how good of a deep throw he ends up being. There's not a huge sample size of that. But he he's hit some deep throws. And when it's there, I think he does a very good job of playing within the offense. And then when he's time to take those shots, he has, and he's been pretty successful at it. So I don't see him as a dink and dunk guy. I think he's playing within the offense. I think he's doing what he's asked to do. That's why I think Kyle likes him so much. He's an extension of Kyle out there. And I think when he's had to make a downfield play, he's been able to. So we'll see how it all plays out. There are a couple other things I wanted to get to, Brian. There were two two rule changes that came through. Do, do these guys ever stop? Do these guys ever stop meeting? I feel like all summer they just find ways to like go somewhere and meet. Do they just might? I feel like they talk for like fifteen minutes and just go out drinking all weekend. Like it's got to be something like that for them to like keep having all these more power owners team. meetings and whatever else. Yeah, whatever um, competition committee. But anyway, yeah, the first one will it's it's got to be called the Brock Purdy Rule. NFL owners passed a bylaw that allows teams to have a third QB in uniform, a forty seventh active player on game days. So basically, the NFL got hit where it hurts in the yeah. NFC Championship game. They got hit in a position where people probably changed the station because Josh Johnson comes in. He's the fourth quarterback the Niners had to use. And it wouldn't have changed anything necessarily for the Niners in that game. 
because I mean, at that point they were on their third and fourth stringers essentially anyway, going into it. Yeah. But that third quarterback would have been Jimmy Garoppolo and he hadn't played in what nine weeks or whatever. So yeah. And yeah. he, and he was even, he wasn't even available in the NFC championship. Right. So like, well, it, I mean, they, they would have dressed him. He would have been the guy that dressed. Right? Oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah. If they had if the rules yeah. in, in effect. Yeah. yeah. So, but in that game, essentially you go to the third, fourth quarter and you have a Brock party. You can't throw in Christian McCaffrey. It was a disaster for the NFL. And that hits them where it hurts. That hits them in ratings and their money. So they said, you know what? We got to we got to change the rule. And I think this is this is good for the Niners because now I think you can realistically keep all three of these guys on the roster. I don't think they have to move on from Lance if they don't want to. And nor do I think they should. I think they'd be crazy to before they see it through with him. So they can keep the three guys on. So that's huge. I also think it's going to change the way the NFL operates. And that could be the Brock Purdy rule, too, because now. Teams before would have maybe taken a flyer on an undrafted quarterback or waited until the seventh round. Now they see what happened with Purdy, who was taken in the seventh round. Now they're going to take these guys sooner. And you see a Stetson Bennett or a Jay Kaner, guys like that who got taken, who have college experience. The guy, the guys who played a lot in college, who would be borderline seventh rounders and drafted free agents are going to get drafted now and probably drafted in the fifth round or so because teams can have that extra quarterback because they want to bring these experienced guys in in case disaster strikes, in case they need another QB or just, just uh, you got to have a solid QB room. It's, it's a QB driven league. So I think this is good. I think this, this is the one I like this rule. I don't like the other one, which we'll get to, but I think it's a great rule. Quarterbacks drive the sport, and, and now there's a chance that more guys will get discovered, like Purdy, and there'll be more good quarterbacks. Yeah, you're gonna see. You're gonna see. You know who benefits most is uh, six foot tall, relatively athletic white dudes who can play the quarterback position for a long time in college, right? Like that's exactly who you just named: Stetson Bennett, right. Jake Hainer, Brock Purdy, right? Like Colt McCoy. Um, uh what's his face um case keenum right like you just think of all those guys right like those are the guys that are gonna that are gonna find their way onto rosters because they're steady right they're not spectacular they're steady and that's that's what you want in that position the interesting thing to me though is while that is that is helpful on game days that still takes a spot on your 53 man roster they didn't expand the 53 man it's still only 53 Right. They extended game day. They went from 46 to 47, but that 47th has to be a quarterback and he cannot come in unless uh, there has been an injury or an uh, disqualification is what they said. And so it's still, it's still, I, I, I think there will be teams that still would value that 53rd spot for somebody other than a quarterback that, that may not even have, you know, may not even go into any game or any season with three quarterbacks. I think the 49ers will because of the experience that they've had. And so, you know, I don't, I don't think there was any chance that Purdy Lance and Darnold didn't make the 53 man, but it does take away a spot from somewhere else. And for the 49ers, where will that spot be? That will be interesting to look at. Uh, but I like the rule because my team got screwed by by not having another quarterback. Now, again, if this rule was in place last year, would it have made a difference? No, because of what we just said, right? Jimmy Garoppolo would have been that third quarterback. He hadn't played in nine weeks. Mm -hmm. Been the guy that suited up. I don't know. Because then their only other option would have been to elevate. Uh, who was it that they had on the practice squad? I can't remember his name right now. 
Yeah, uh, I don't even remember. The Easton, it was it Easton Stick? No, it wasn't Easton Stick. Uh, anyway, regardless, it would have been somebody that probably wouldn't have made much of a difference and probably wouldn't have been much of a, an upgrade over Josh Johnson. Mm-hmm. But decent rule. Uh, and I, you know, I think it makes sense, especially because like you said, I guarantee they got hit in the pocketbook, which is what they don't like. Uh, ratings probably went down and, and, and we didn't even talk about it, but a lot of people in Vegas probably lost a lot of money and there may have been a little bit of a in there as well. That's when you see real change when it hits the NFL where it hurts. That's about about the time you do. Now, this other rule probably is probably also because the NFL is eventually afraid to get hit where it hurts. And I'll explain. So they passed another rule instituting that all fair catch that all fair catches and touchbacks on kickoffs come out to the 25 yard line. So now if someone fair catches the ball on the three yard line, it comes out to the 25. I think it's horrible. I hate the rule. Special teams coaches didn't want to do it. Special teams players didn't want to do it. They were all against it. So why did the NFL want to do it? Well, Roger Goodell apparently really pushed this, really pushed it. And I was listening to Pat McAfee today and he and Rapport on, and they were saying um, the reason for it is future litigation. Yep. So concussions are up. Yes. Kickoffs are the play where most of those concussions happen. So the NFL, again, worried about getting hit in the pocketbook down the line. They're trying to change these things. And I think what scares me a little bit about it is in terms of me loving the product and loving football is that I, I the kickoffs can be an exciting part of the game. The NFL is moving slowly but surely to not even have them. Yeah. I mean, at, at this point, almost what's 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 the point? Everything is just going to come out to the 25. It's 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 going to be almost a non it, it's it's just going to be irrelevant every time. You're going to go to the balls and be on the 25. At some point, you're going to get to the an NFL where they just don't kick off. The but the other team just gets ball on the 25. You still have punts, obviously, but um anytime you score, start a half you're just going to take the ball at the 25. I don't know when it'll happen. It could be five years. It could be 10 years, but it feels like that's where they're headed because again, player safety. Great. Is the NFL really worried about player safety or are they worried about getting hit with lawsuits and, and get hit where it hurts and down the line in litigation? It's probably more the latter in there. So yeah. it is what it is. It's, We're still going to watch, but it, I, I don't like it. It's the guise of players, but yeah. underneath it, it's, we need our players to be safer, AKA we need them to not get concussions so that we don't get sued to oblivion. And, right. and, and honestly, like I, I don't, I'm not, I don't have strong feelings about it either way. I personally, I just think, why don't, if, if you're, if you're going to, if you're going to take such drastic measures, right. Where if you fair catch it anywhere, it goes out to the 25. Right. And then you also move kickoffs up to try and get kickers to kick it out of the end zone more. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is one of the advantages that Jake Moody was going to have was he could kick it out of the back of the end zone. Robbie gold. Couldn't right. That was going, that was going to help the 49ers special teams and their kickoff coverage units because they wouldn't have the same, you know, the same issues that they had with Robbie gold. Just, just start every drive at the 20, just call it a day guys. Like it, it, you know, change of, you know, Touchdowns after touchdowns, you know, for uh, beginning of the game, beginning of the half, beginning of overtime, just start it at the 20 and call it a day. Like, mm-hmm. just get rid of it. If, if, if you're that worried that you're trying to do everything to essentially get rid of it, just get rid of it. Like, that's what I don't understand. It's like, why, like, why make a rule 
that is essentially going to do that and, and not just make the rule, we don't have kickoffs anymore. Fine. That's great. Move on. Let's move forward. Let's keep going. I have no problem with it. Uh, like you said, you still have punt returns. I don't think those will ever go away because uh, I don't see any way that they could. Um, but yeah, just just get rid of them, guys. <laughs> Stop dilly-dallying around. Just just make a, you know, make a definitive statement. The mm-hmm. NFL will no longer have kickoffs. Tell you what, if the NFL does that, that probably filters down. That actually helps increase player safety at the lower levels, which is a win as well. So right. I, I'm all for it. Player safety, but we're going to flex Thursday night games and have teams play multiple right. Thursday night right. games. And yeah, it's not come player on. safety. It's, it's but ridiculous. But the outcome does increase player safety. So mm-hmm. it, 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 the, the benefit is there. The int let's, we know what the intent is, right? And yeah, hey, whatever. If, if that's still your intent, if the, if the bottom line is players are safer. And like I said, that trickles down to lower levels. Then, then I'm, then I'm all for it. I can't wait to watch games and it's going to come out of commercial for a kickoff that gets fair caught to the 25 and go back to commercial. Can't wait. Can't wait for, for that. <laughs> You know, well, that's they still, well. And, they still gotta get their commercials in. That's a good point. That's a good point. So, how does that how does that work? Or are we gonna start getting those like where the screen all of a sudden goes in, and then you've got ads around the screen because maybe they get their commercials, which I would rather have than a commercial anyway. So, yeah, there could be 100%. that as well. But uh, but yeah, don't mess with the NFL's money, man. No, and we're gonna bitch about it, and then we're gonna keep watching. It doesn't matter, and they know oh, yeah, that 100%. they have they have us all by the balls, and they know the NFL knows that. So you know, it, it is what it is. It's the most popular sport in the world. People are obsessed yep. with it. Maybe soccer is the most popular. Soccer the most popular sport in the world. Soccer is the most popular sport in the is world. That what they're saying, uh, yeah. But yeah, um, but football football owns America for sure. So it's, it's, not, it's not going anywhere. And, and no, they know that. So, but no. we're gonna keep talking about it, and we're gonna keep talking about it this week. We'll be back. Um, talking more 49ers for Brian. I'm Al. Later. Niners on three. One, two, three. Twenty four hundred sports is an Odyssey company. 